Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, Simple and easy online ticketing. And vital signs bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is Casey Teeley. He's a certified athletic administrator, and he's the director of athletics at Pensacola High School. Casey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, well, we're very excited. Uh, new district director for District 1, uh, so we're glad that you're uh, you know, now part of the FIAAA team. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, as you know, the life of an athletic director is very busy, so we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and, and maybe a little bit about how your love of sports led to that first teaching and coaching job. Sure. I'm a Nebraska farm boy uh, originally, uh, the oldest of 11 children. And my mom was the second youngest of seven children. And I remember it real distinctly in the early 70s. Uh, I'm about seven, eight years old, and my uncle came to visit me. And Nebraska won the national championship. And so we were watching that game, and, and I'm a little kid, and I love football. And then they said, well, your uncle here played for Nebraska. And he was Don, Don Bowl was his name. And he was an All-American nose guard for Nebraska, got drafted in the third round by the Washington Redskins, played seven years for the Redskins, and won for the New York Giants. And so we watched Nebraska win the national championship, and he uh, was at Memphis at that time. And so I'm, I'm learning all about this guy and, and watching it on TV. Well, then the Miami Dolphins went undefeated and won the Super Bowl. And he was a teammate. Uh, Don Shula was a defensive back on the Washington Redskins when my uncle was an offensive tackle. And so he started talking about Don Shula when he was a player and he always had two suitcases with him and he'd go to every, although he's a defensive back, he'd go to offensive meetings and he'd study specialty teams. And I was listening to the stories about this. And I remember going to bed after the Dolphins won the Super Bowl thinking, you know, I, I like this coaching thing and I love football and the characters and these larger than life people and became fascinated with it. And I became a junkie. Now my uncle was, um, you know, a, a huge human being as we know offensive tackles in the NFL are. And I didn't think I'd get that big. And I was, and I'm about 250 pounds is my playing weight. 
But uh, I got a chance to play for Midland University uh, NAI school as a four-year starter and defensive tackle. But I loved a lot of different things. We didn't have strength and conditioning back in the 80s like we do now. So I competed in powerlifting, and I was a four-time state runner-up in the 275-pound weight class, and, and then I was a two-time state champion finally uh, in weightlifting, but also through the shot put and track and uh, finished fourth in our conference, you know, my senior year. And so I, I, I had a very eclectic taste. I, I played baseball as well and, uh, you know, just really loved athletics. And anyway, so I started coaching at Midland where I played, like a lot of guys do, started getting your experience. My, uh, some of, a lot of my family moved to South Carolina. And anyway, I got to I took a high school head football coach, athletic director in 1997, my first job got to live the dream. They were 0-20 in football. We won four games the first year. Third year, we went to the state semifinals. Fourth year, we won their only state championship. Uh, and then we went to the quarterfinals next year. Uh, I got married. My wife got a great job. We moved to Decatur, Alabama. So I got introduced to Alabama high school football at Austin High School. Then Midland called me and brought me back as the offensive coordinator. And uh, then I moved to defensive coordinator. Head coach changed. They made me the head football coach. And uh, I was there for five years, got an AFCA uh, Coach of the Year Award in 2010. Uh, we uh, had a really great season, finished 21st in the country. And uh, then in 2012, uh, really felt I wanted to get back around my family. And that's where I went to the Jacksonville area, uh, was a coach there for a while. And then uh, uh, Pensacola High, I got hired as an assistant football coach, but I got into administration. I was a dean at that time. Two years later, I also became the athletic director. And now this is my sixth year at Pensacola High School um, as the athletic director and as an administrative dean. So uh, like a lot of us that have been in college, or in high school, it's quite the journey. And it's been great, all those experiences. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to hear the, the story and the paths of uh, RADs and how each one uh, you know, got to be where they're at. Uh, along that journey, you know, even back into your family and, and uh, playing days, uh, I'm sure there were some uh, mentors. We always talk about the importance of, of leadership and mentorship. Uh, who were some of your mentors um, growing up and in your career that you can still hear their voice today as you go about your job at Escambia High School, or excuse me, Pensacola High School? It's very interesting that you say this. Um, you know, so uh, I'm a 1982 high school graduate. In 1981, my favorite football coach for us was Ralph Nelson. And he left education and uh, went to work for Valmont Industries and Irrigation. And it devastated me to lose the coach that, that I felt the most connected to. The guy that replaced him was uh, Dwayne Carlson. And uh, uh, both of those guys in the last week, I have had conversations with um, 30 years late, 30 some years later. Um, and it was interesting that, you know, and I've told that to when, when I've been a head coach and we've had assistant coaches leave and kids are disappointed that, you know, those, those relationships form and, and it blows me away. Both of those guys have been in my home in the last year, 30 some years, 
you know, after that coaching change. And so it wasn't an opportunity to lose one. It was an opportunity to gain one and the different, you know, mentors, but, you know, my entire adult life, you know, those, those two guys have, have been in it. One that, you know, retired from education, but one that was in it. And, you know, it's interesting, the relationships, those lifelong relationships, you know, that you build. And a lot of times, sometimes, especially the, as a kid, you think, wow, this is devastating. And at the end of the day, it becomes an opportunity to grow. And uh, that's, a, that's a good message. Mm. You know, Casey, you and I are about the same age. I'm a couple years older than you. But uh, um, looking back, you know, from your first jobs as teaching and coaching to, you know, now as an athletic director for a public school, how have you seen the job of an athletic director change? You know, uh, what are some of the day-to-day uh, -day things that are completely different now, maybe didn't even exist, uh, say, 20 years ago? Yeah, you know, in 1997, when I first became an athletic director, you know, a lot of, you know, you gave the head coach, hey, this is what you need to do, have these documents, make me a copy. We had a copy done. It was a very short period of time. What's very prominent, because my phone's going off right now, we have a weather station on our campus, all seven high schools in Escambia County, we have a weather station on our campus. So when lightning gets within six miles, or the, the four different you know areas within that, we need to be inside, we need to be alerted. You know, all of our coaches that are in season now have this weather app on their phone, they're getting pushes you know, with this, I've got to make sure that that information is, is up to date, you know, with our coaches changing from different sports, knocking, you know, that off. So, you know, geez, you've got the weather. Then, of course, you've got the heat. Um, you know, we've become more and more aware of the issues with heat, 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 <coughs> excuse me, heat illness, lightning. I, I remember in 1979, I was a freshman in high school. Uh, huddle got hit by lightning in Iowa and it knocked down the, the referee and all 10, 11 kids in the offensive huddle. Well, at that time, we, we stayed out there with lightning, you know, and it didn't kill anybody, but that's where they, in Nebraska, they started changing after that happened. So, you know, the weather issues with that right now, we've, uh, uh, the paperwork, now the kids this year, uh, Pensacola High School, all Scambia schools were part of athletic clearance. So the families are uploading their documents right now. Then the coaches step in and they adjust their rosters, you know, from a computer. We save everything. You know, it's such a, so much more of an administrative thing than it is before. Keeping track of all the videos for heat, concussion, policy 36, recruiting, educating all of your assistant coaches, your president of your booster club, with recruiting violations and everything like that. It's much more administrative. Oh, no question. You know, technology, the fact, you know, what we're doing right now, just having a podcast, you know, uh, you know, didn't exist. Um, let's talk a little bit about COVID. Um, certainly it's, it's made its impact uh, nationally uh, as well as here in Florida. Uh, I think the one thing that we've seen is that there is no one response. Some states are going full speed ahead, uh, some are delaying, uh, and we've seen our own response here in Florida. What are some things that you did back in March 
uh, when COVID first hit uh, with your own teams, your coaches, your kids, and then just looking at uh, Pensacola High School, what are some things that are going on right now with your teams? Well, I think we're, we're fortunate at Pensacola High School because we're under a Scambia uh, County School District umbrella. So we've got great leadership from our superintendent, Malcolm Thomas. We, uh, uh, although we only have seven schools, we do have a county athletic director, uh, Roger Mayo, who's a very experienced human being. So when we left for spring break on a Friday, about three hours after we left school, we started getting phone calls. Hey, they're shutting school. They're shutting all athletics down. We're not returning to school. So we had left school and out and just a couple of hours later made the decision that we're not coming back, you know, and, and we're going to go virtual and everything like that. And then cleaning the schools, setting up the protocols and everything like that. Um, you know, it, 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 you, you are not as an athletic director or a principal in our school system, you're not on an island. Um, we were under an umbrella of good leadership. Uh, also, I think Roger Mayo, our county athletic director, does a great job of staying in communication with everyone in the state. So what's Tampa area schools doing? What's Miami schools doing? What are the schools that are doing that are hit very hard? What are the schools doing that are very similar in size to our county that have the same resources? And so, you know, by communicating uh, with 67 different counties, uh, school districts, we were able, I think, to come together and and do a good job for our kids. And, uh, uh, you know, so that that's the thing that hits me in top of my mind is good superintendent leadership, good county athletic leadership. You don't feel like you're an, on, on an island, you're part of a team. Uh, again, we understand that things are going to change and it may have changed uh, from the time this podcast is actually airing, but um, are your teams, uh, your fall teams, are they conditioning right now since we're still kind of in summer or are they, uh, are things on hold? No, we're on, we're on phase two. Um, now we have had uh, at least one school that I can think of that is, you know, we've had uh, positive uh, for, for a coach. So they're going to isolate uh, quarantine for 14 days. The school district will then communicate with the coach and uh, gather the medical information, clear the coach for coming back in, which is, you know, that's been done. Um, it's a very fluid situation. So we're in phase two of summer. We're just conditioning, practicing social distancing, not in our locker rooms, cleaning everything, not sharing stuff. Our plan right now uh, as a school district is by the 17th or maybe a couple of days before that to declare uh, right now, <clears throat> We're looking at the 24th as the first day of practice. And then uh, I believe September 10th, uh, roughly three weeks later would be the first contest. But we'll decide seven days before, roughly by the 17th, we'll decide depending how the, 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 the uh, pandemic, how, it, how it's working in our area, is it safe to come back? A week before we decide to come back, we'll make our final decision. Now we're, um... We're a few hours uh, east of y'all and uh, still in the panhandle at McClay, uh, but we've seen you know some different responses. Um, the public school district, Leon County Schools uh, here in Tallahassee where I'm at, they recently announced that uh, for the upcoming fall season, 
their schools will not travel outside of Leon County. Uh, has there been any sort of uh, uh, announcements for the uh, Escambia County schools uh, as far as scheduling games for this fall? Yeah, you know, I, I think right now, and again, I think the best, you know, yes, I can speak a little bit, but, you know, I think our superintendent and our county athletic director would be more. We haven't put together yet a um, written public announcement. We do want to limit travel. We do want to live in exposure. We want to protect our coaches. We want to protect our fans. We want to protect our teachers. We want to protect our communities. Um, and again, we'll decide finally by the 17th exactly what, what, what we're going to do. But uh, we are looking at adjusting our schedule. Our schedules will be adjusted, obviously, because we didn't start on the 27th. September 4th is not going to be our first day. You know, we're going to move those. Um, so uh, right now, it's, it's a fluid thing. Our athletic, county athletic director, Roger Mayo, has a plan for uh, every sport. And, but it's got to be flexible because if we keep, you know, increasing the number of cases and everything, then if we have to adjust, we can adjust. So, you know, he's working in concert with the other county, you know, especially Santa Rosa County. Yeah, and of course we understand how, you know, things that are happening right now, it could change tomorrow, next week, and, and certainly by next month. So uh, it is very much a fluid situation. Um, let's go and shift gears a little bit. What are some of your favorite uh, parts of the job? What gets you excited uh, to get up each morning and come to school? Well, uh, you know, one, I, I have a very talented, uh, uh, dedicated, you know, group of coaches. Um, I've got a new head cheerleader coach. I've got a new head boys soccer coach. They stick out in my mind because, you know, because they're new to it. They're new to athletic clearance, they're new to home campus, they're new to our software, they're new to weather, weather STEM. Uh, one of them is an MIT grad uh, that's retired military and just what a great interaction, uh, such intelligent questions. And it, it's fun to work with intelligent, motivated adults that wanna help kids and see kids succeed. You know, the second thing is, is uh, we're an IB school um, so we have a, a general zone population of students that are here. It, it's, it's a great group of kids. It really is. And then you see the IB kids. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because we, we send kids to Harvard, Yale, Ivy League schools, uh, the best state schools, this school, that school, all across. The, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of country club sports in there. And we've been very strong in a lot of those schools. But two years ago, uh, we had three kids playing in the National Football League. We had the was playing for the Washington Redskins. Uh, uh, Ladarius Randall was playing uh, for, the, for the Browns as defensive back. And on the practice squad uh, for the New England Patriots, we had Smith. We had three kids uh, from our 2009 state championship team that were at different levels playing in the NFL. So, you know, we've got such an eclectic group of athletes and the parents, you know, are, are uh, it's a unique situation. So the kids are special, coaches are special, great teachers. Our, our principal, David Williams, this is his last year in education, um, but uh, he played at Pensacola High School, played at Southern University, 
and then played a little bit for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, so we got an ex-NBA guy, you know, that's our uh, uh, principal and he loves athletics, but, uh, but he's an IV school principal. So he's an extremely strong academic, you know, guy as well. So everything from top to bottom is a pleasure to be here. Oh, that's, that is just great. I, I know uh, from, you know, my school, it's great to have that support from the top that, uh, you know, it's definitely an academic institution, but they also understand the important part that athletics brings to the uh, experience of all students, not just the athletes, but uh, the students that come to the games. Um, we um, frequently have a lot of young ADs that listen. Uh, talk very briefly about your uh, experience with the NIAAA certification program, you know, the courses and the CA exam, and then maybe a little bit about uh, uh, things that you feel you can help uh, your area ADs with, uh, with regard to being a district director for the FIAAA. Yeah, well, I, you know, you, you know, one of the things that has struck me over the course of my career is sometimes if you're the athletic director, you're the head coach, a lot of times you're always projecting. And I remember probably about nine or 10 years ago, I thought, you know, I don't listen as well. I, it really shocked me. I, I just thought, you know, I don't listen as well because I'm always, people, well, what do you want to do, coach? And here's my vision. And I'm always projecting, but I'm not taking things back in. And, and uh, so, again, like you're saying, the classes, it's really good for me every year to take an online class or somehow to increase my education because I'm listening, I'm deciphering. I also want to try to address my weaknesses, you know, with the class, whether it's law, whether it's heat, you know, whether it's COVID, whether it's learning these new software systems with home campus, with athletic clearance, uh, and on and on and on. I think that when you learn, <clears throat> you become a better teacher because you get that perspective with that. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the, that you, uh, if you're always internalizing your problems and never talking with someone about, hey, I'm doing this or how you're doing that, I don't think you're as good. So you always need to have, whether it's a, a study buddy, whether it's those mentors that I still have from 37 years ago, because um, a lot of times the problems don't change. It's almost like biblically, you know, 2000 years ago, we're still people. We still have the same, you know, arguments. We still have the same where we're rubbing each other wrong and, and the way we can lift each other up and like iron sharpens iron, one, one man sharpens another. And so uh, we've got a great, uh, relationship with seven athletic directors that yesterday we sat in a room with each other, with our mentor, our county athletic director. And there's always those side conversations. And I don't think that as a young AD, never feel uncomfortable talking with another athletic director. Hey, I, I've got a weakness. And a lot of times as athletics, you know, never show weakness. You know, never show you got a limp, never show you got an injury, never show you got uncertainty. But I think, you know, as an AD, you know, you need to make sure that you address your weaknesses. And that's just, you know, with interacting with other ADs. And so hopefully um, I can give back what, what so many people have helped me with in the past. Well, Casey, uh, it's been uh, a pleasure visiting with you. We've kind of come to the end, but we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. You know, you're certainly an experienced uh, veteran AD now, and your task is to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. 
but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. Uh, what three items are going to go in KCT Lee's athletic director toolbox? You know, uh, I think that the, the, the first thing in, the, in my toolbox, you know, obviously it's a personal thing and it may not be the same thing. It may not be the right thing for you or the right thing for someone else. But what's really strikes me is I, I got to have a journal and I got to go from day to day. And I, I got, if I write something down a little bit, just notes or whatever for what happened today, it ingrains things and, and, and helps me to organize my thoughts and having a to-do list with that. And I've got to do it handwritten. I can't do it on a, a, a Microsoft Word document or something like that. It, it just is better if I handwrite it. So I got to journal a little bit. Okay. The second thing is, is, is I've got to have a list of people that I can call to solve problems. So if I've got a transportation issue, who in the transportation department do I go to? Now I've got a great county AD, but you know, there's so, you get spread out as an AD so much. You have to know who you call to get something solved and to do it quickly and to do it efficiently. So where is your help, you know, coming from when you need that? And, uh, uh, and I think, you know, going to the end, it, you know, you just can't be organized enough. And as soon as you can get stuff done, you need to get stuff done uh, as an AD. You cannot procrastinate in any way, shape, or form, or you're, you're going to really be in trouble, you know, from that standpoint. Um, so uh, don't procrastinate. Know where your help's at. And then how are you going to organize your thoughts, you know, which, which to me is a journal. Great advice, my friend. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today. Uh, I, I know you've given us some, uh, some great stuff uh, for all ADs. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in. As always, uh, please come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Remember, these episodes are also being uploaded to the Educational AD YouTube channel. That's Educate, Ath, D-I-R, and F-I-A-A on YouTube. Thanks again for listening.